San Marcus and beyond. This is Real Estate 101. I am your host, Lainey Henderson, Realtor, Coldwell Banker, Deanne Harper Realtors. And we are streaming live from the square, beautiful, historic downtown San Marcus here at our studio, KZSM.org, your community radio station. And um, we're we're talking all things real estate, but before the mics got hot here, you know, we, we were talking about just the, the market in general and and how crazy it is right now and um just i have i have more active clients at this very moment than i had in my whole year my best year in real estate so i'm I'm not complaining i'm bragging but i was talking about how just you know tired we real estate people whether it's mortgage professionals me other realtors we all are because it's just it's such a crazy market right now, guys. So if there's a good time to, to be listening and know what's going on in real estate, now is the time. So tune in, tell your friends, tell your family members, tune in. Um, we're going to keep you updated and, and let you know how things go. If we start seeing some more inventory, I'm, I'm feeling pretty hopeful that as people start getting the vaccine and feel a little more comfortable letting people in their houses that... You know, maybe maybe we'll start seeing um, a, a little bit more inventory. Um, I got some news last week um, about the what's going on with new builds right now, and um, lumber prices went up forty percent last week, and so that that affects everything. Um, we've had builders that have had to increase their prices by as much as thirty percent, or as much as thirty thousand um, dollars, just just to cover their cost. Um, and their inventory, it's it's just really there's not much out there. Builders have wait lists, and I've I've been doing this for six years now. I'm coming up on my sixth year. And I've I've never seen anything like that. So you know, if you're if you're thinking of buying or if you're thinking of selling, you really need to contact your local real estate professional um, because you you can't trust Zillow. Like <laughs> throw that away. Don't even look at it. Um, Zestimates aren't even anywhere near close. Um, give us a call. Um, my number is five one two six two nine nine zero eight one. Um, but I do have, um, I do have a few listings and I've, I've got one that I would like to talk about, especially because it went live last Thursday. But, um, if you or anyone, you know, is looking to live on some acreage outside of the city, I've got a great listing at 300 Pioneer Trail. Um, it's a huge house. Um, 
you can modify it and put it in in-law suite a couple different ways. It's got a workshop that could be converted to a guest house. It, it needs a little bit of cosmetic updates, but it's it's there for you to work with. And, you know, 2.5 acres right outside of the city in this location, that, that doesn't come up very much. So if you know anyone interested, um, give me a call. I've got two other listings in the works. One, I'm not sure when it's going to be coming, and it's in Cottonwood Creek. So that could be something good for first-time home buyers or maybe some people looking to upgrade to a four-bedroom. And I've got another one coming up in Trace. We're looking to list that next Thursday. So hopefully next week I'll have a few more details on what's out there. Um, but those two are a little more friendly for the first-time home buyers. So, you know, it's it's important in this market to, um, if, if you're looking, you've got to be active. So you need to call your realtor and you need somebody telling you when these things are coming. So you can jump in on it because every everything is getting multiple offers and it's going quickly. Um, other news? Let's see. What is today? It's February 10th. February 10th. What happened on February 10th? Oh, that's what happened on February 10th. February 10th, nine years ago, just as I did tonight, um, 6 p.m., I was supposed to meet this guy at, at the tap room for a date, and he was my former political science professor. And I waited, and I waited, and finally I texted him. I was like, did you just stand me up? And he's like, no, I'm running late. So here he is tonight, late as usual. We were supposed to meet at 6, and he just walked into the station. <laughs> I have my husband and future realtor, Rick Henderson, also former realtor, um, going back into it after retirement. Um, we're going to team up and dominate here. So, um, Rick, want to tell us a little about yourself? Surely. I didn't know I was supposed to be at the tap room at 6 o'clock. I was at Dollar General. You did, General. too. It was in a text. Oh, I was at Dollar <laughs> General getting cream of potato soup and crackers for the kids, dog bones for the dogs, and a Red Bull for me. There's always an excuse. <laughs> always an excuse. Oh, and, and cookies. Yeah, that was the, the first date night. Nine years ago at the tap room at 6 p.m., but he didn't show up till like 6.30-something. It was, oh, my dogs got out. And I reminded of that, I think it was last year when we met, and I was like, remember you were late because the dogs got out? And he doesn't remember it at all. And I'm thinking, yeah, the dogs didn't get out. That's why you don't remember. You were just running late. That was no, the dogs have, have got out so many hundreds of times that they just start <laughs> running together. <laughs> so tell us, um, you just retired from Texas State, but um, before then, you were in real estate. And a lot has changed since then, but tell us about that tell us about your your first career in real estate back in the 80s in Abilene I can tell you about two things the the career in the 80s in real estate which came to a crashing halt when the economy of Texas came to a crashing halt with the oil bust with oil uh, at $36 a barrel which was a high falling to eight to ten dollars a barrel and tens of thousands of people were losing jobs. And there were all kinds of speculative condos and apartment complexes and trailer park 
real estate developments. That was more in the Houston area. Just in the savings and loan collapse, which the government bailed out, the largest government bailout in the history of America. And uh, so it was, it was time to get out, but it was a different time. Now there are so many more rules and laws yeah. that protect buyers, the protect yes. sellers, uh, protect the agents the themselves. The consumers, period. Yeah, it's, uh, I turned my phone off. Yeah, it's a scam, <laughs> likely. So, I've got to call Chris for our market yeah. updates. So, so I the, turned it off. the 80s also, the first contract I wrote, uh, and I remember it was on a standard legal pad sheet, my first contract that I wrote, we were hoping to get, and my broker was even tepid, but their loan rate was 15.5%. God. 15.5% loan. Now, you can imagine years later, three, four years later, how the refinance industry grew in Abilene. The trouble with that is... Uh, it's very disheartening to go to people and say, hey, now remember this was uh, 86, 87. Right. I know you paid $85,000 or $90,000 for this 2,000 square foot house, but and you've been in it two years, but it's only worth about $15,000 less than what you paid for it. So there were people that just, there was a lot of military people because of Dias Air Force Base. And the government would cover that loss. It was a moving expense. But there were other people that their only alternative was to walk away. And a lot of those loans were held by savings and loans. So that contributed to the savings and loan debacle. But it was also a time where it was much more of a cutthroat industry. And it was really, there was a lot of antagonism between brokerage agencies and among uh, agents themselves. And usually the agents that you despise the most, uh, your broker would try to bring them on just to upset the other broker. <laughs> and it was more emotional than it was business. So it was it was a different time in the 80s. I can't even. You're, you're going to have a, a, a lot to get used to in this market, Rick Henderson. It's It's been a while since you've done this. But, yeah, so. I can also talk about the 90s and the 2000s compared to now. Uh, <laughs> in the 90s, when I started teaching at Texas State University, there was supply and demand for apartment complexes, for apartments, there was far more demand for apartments than there were apartments. So there began a massive development of apartment complexes, and there was competition. And rents were not bad, and rent by the bedroom did not exist. <clears throat> uh, and then as we moved into the 2000s, interest rates were in the 7 to 9%. And where I lived, where you and I lived, uh, over off of Perkins Street, that little development of two cul-de-sacs, what, like 54 houses total, something like no, that? No, not even. I think it's like 48. 48. It's tiny. That was in an established neighborhood between two established neighborhoods. And 
that was built by a fine builder with little to no negative feedback from the community. Now you have a different situation where somebody wants to put a little niche development in here or there between the permitting process and having to go through PNZ and council and people that just are are NIMBYs. It's a completely different world now. It's 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 definitely a different world, uh, and and it's I I think it's kind of sad. I mean, you and I both know, and we'll disclose right here. You bought that house in two thousand three for one hundred twenty thousand dollars, and right. we sold it. Um, we we went in asking for two twenty, and then our builder decided to stab us in the back and take a month off of closing and so we dropped the price to 200 and sold it three hours later yeah it was um, a, wasn't it at 10 15 at night you made an emotional decision to drop it big and at 10 the next morning and he was like was no that's my dick con- <laughs> contracts contracts were already signed by 10 the next morning yeah yeah it, it was it's a completely different world but i mean interest pay interest rates they're they're not going above three like and i I guess this is a good time to take a break and segue into chris and talk about prices and interest rates and how you know it it sounds from 120 you know for a house to go to 120 to to just under 200 and could have possibly gone up to 220 had we had a little more time didn't it uh the payments though for like 212 215 yeah, the payments would have been the same because interest rates are everything. So um, usually I play my guest's theme song, but Rick didn't see that text either. So we're going to take a I short break. To it. We're going to play my theme song, and then we're going to come back with a mortgage update from Chris Kerr. We'll be right back. Adulterated, privilegious. Then it got mixed into a gumbo, jazz funk, disco funk, R&B funk. They even came up with funk rock. Relive the golden era of this groove every Tuesday evening, 8 to 10 p.m. on Downtown Funk with Sammy the Bull. Always on KZSM Community Radio. And we are back. We're about to give in a call to Chris Kerr, our mortgage specialist, and um, see if he can give us a bit of an update because Rick just had a great segue with him talking about interest rates and the, the huge difference um, between what they used to be even even in the early 2000s versus now. I, I mean, I bought my first home in 2004, and... My parents were floored over my interest rate. They're like, oh, my God, you're like 5.25%. Now that's that's high. That's subprime. It's just incredible how much things have changed and um, much easier it's kind of become for the buyer. And 
it's kind of hard to recognize that when you see prices going up. But like I said, our our mortgage amount wouldn't have changed any it just just based on the interest rates alone. So that's why you need to call your your local realtor, and we will put you in touch with work with a variety of lenders. I like Chris because he is so informative. Is he not answering over there? Oh yeah, no, you can call. No, I thought you were calling. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work, guys. Here we go. Good evening, Selena. Good evening, Chris. So give us give us our weekly update. Our last one for the month, too. You bet. So not a lot of change since we visited last week from an economic standpoint. Um, company earnings have been mixed, um, and that's typically a market mover. Inflation came out, not a big increase there, fairly steady. Um, tomorrow we've got unemployment. Last Thursday unemployment came out and not much um, different than expectations. And so we typically see those big swings in the market, which can swing mortgage rates when right. things beat or or fail to meet their expectations so it's been a fairly quiet week overall from an interest rate standpoint uh, if we look at most products and of course interest rates are um, variable but they're subject to credit product type property type but most of all of our products right now all except investment properties are sub three percent um, wow. so very very low um, it's a great time to, of course, buy, refinance, or even do a cash-out refinance if you're yeah. looking to, to pay off some debt. But things have stayed pretty steady over the last week, so that's good news for us. Well, that that's that's certainly good news. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure what really to ask <laughs> since we haven't had much change, and that's why you're, you're definitely getting a week off next week. Um, but, yeah, at minimum credit score is still around 620. Yep, credit score is still minimum 620. Uh, of course, we offer down payment assistance for first-time home buyers. Yes. And then we've got FHA, VA, conventional um, loan options as well. So as low as 3.5% down uh, up from there. So the days of, you know, people think you have to have 20% down yeah. to buy conventional more. You know, a home with conventional, it's 5% minimum and sometimes 3%, depending upon the program. Right, right. Well, any um, th- this is going to be a pretty short update since there's really not much change from next week. Yeah, you can ask a question. Rick has a question for you. Hi, Chris. Rick Henderson. I have uh, two questions, and one okay. dates back something as a professor people used to ask me all the time. They say, should I, this would be an apartment renter usually in their 20s, should I rent a cheap apartment and save money or should I get a nice apartment that I'm very happy with and when the lender sees how much I've been paying in rent, does that work in my favor in my loan application? So from our standpoint, we ask what the rent payment is, but it does not in a normal situation, affect the favorability of the mortgage on a home purchase. Now, saying that, there are times when if you've been paying $500 a month and now you want to buy a $2,000 a month mortgage, there's some concerns with 
feasibility and being able to pay that back and afford that based upon what you were paying. So, uh, but it's not a normal everyday question that we ask and then look at from, well, you've had a higher payment, so you're more willing and, and a better homeowner because you've paid more. So uh, it's not definitive, but we don't look at that in most cases. Now, my understanding is with lenders that it all comes down to debt to income, and, and you've just got to keep it within those restrictions. Um, wh- what does that look like right now? Like, what do you need debt to income-wise for an FHA? So FHA, we can go up to 55% on the back-end DTI, which means that is all the debts that the monthly payment debts that are on the credit report, including the new home that you're looking to buy. Um, so that's 55 is the max on um, FHA and then 50% on conventional. I know that's, VA, that's gone up since I've been in yeah, real estate. So, so I, I, I think that the, the mortgage industry knows that there's millennials, you know, they, they have student debt. They, <laughs> they have that and that counts towards your DTI, whatever your payment is towards your student debt. Not the the loan or the debt amount itself, but what you're expected to pay. So, um, yeah, it's it's all about debt to income with lenders. Am I right? That that is a big part. Of, that's the second piece. The first part's credit. Second right. part is debt to income ratio. Right. That is correct. And then the the third product type VA. So we can actually go up. I've seen as high as sixty five percent. Wow. Debt to income ratios be approved. Um, but there's some, you know, factors like they have some money, right. whether they're putting it down or not, it's a different discussion. But if good credit, have some money saved in the bank, then I've seen it as high as 65%. Wow. What was your second yeah. question, Rick? My second question is a little bit broader and global and existential. Is after the financial crisis, Uh-oh. When, we had, <laughs> when we had so many organizations, some that are not with us anymore, that were packaging real estate securities and selling them with interest rates this low, is it difficult to sell mortgages and are there less uh, more established companies packaging real estate securities together? So, so the, the way we're designed is we do not service loans. So we, we originate, we close in our name with our cash, and then to use your term, sell that mortgage on the secondary market. So there are main buyers that will um, buy those, which are in the conventional world, Fannie and Freddie, and then they go to servicers. And so we've got 25, give or take, servicers in the market that we use to service our loans or that, that we sell them to. So we package them every month and it may be, um, you know, it just depends on the loan type, how the loan's structured. Um, we've got the reason we have several of those different investors or servicers is because some allow different underwriting than others. So uh, there's nuances in all, kind, in all the loans and some investors allow those nuances and some don't. And so, yes, that still goes on, uh, but it is at a much tighter, um, much tighter regulation, and most of it goes through Fannie and Freddie, yeah, yeah. which are government entities, correct? So, 
leave it to Rick to ask you the tough questions, but you should probably get used to this since he's about to get his license. (laughs) Can I ask another one? One more. So, uh, Selene has had this happen, and this is where I have almost no knowledge. Do people call in, uh, or what's the process if people are just interested in borrowing for land? So land is a bank product, uh, and so I can definitely connect uh, if someone is interested in purchasing a lot or land. I have um, referral partners that I can connect you with who can take care of those needs as well. We don't do the straight land, um, but I I, I do work with lots of individuals who are looking to build their custom home who need to buy the land then work through the construction loan, and then need to go into a permanent mortgage at the end. And I can help with that whole process through referral partners that I work with in the market. That's I'm actually glad he asked that because that's, I think, something that, that more people should be considering right now is while, while the market or list price on properties have just shot up over the last year with COVID and the lack of inventory, you know, I've noticed there's there's still an awful lot of land out right out there, and while it's definitely increased, yes, you know, it hasn't been quite as much as existing builds. So, I'm actually really glad he asked that because it's, you know, it's at the point where you you might be able to build something yourself a lot cheaper than you could to get somebody else to build it for you. So, yeah, that is, that is glad possible, you asked that. <laughs> Well, Chris, do you, it's it's kind of, like I said, a, a short little promo, promo for you this week because um, just there there really hasn't been much change. Um, and you got next week off. So what are your words of wisdom you want to leave us with this week? Uh, words of wisdom. Um, if I can help you and you need, even if you don't know where you are or how you're situated, but you're wanting to start looking down that road, give me a call. I'll be happy to help you. Um, look at your credit, visit with you about how those things are and what need to be done. If we need to put a plan together, not a credit repair specialist. However, we look at credit so I uh, can help you put that plan together to get you on track, even if you're six or 12 months down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got, we've got, I, I sent her to you and I know she called me today and yeah, we've got a, a mutual client who's looking at six to 12 months down the road. She's about to um, become a teacher and move to Texas. And I'm really looking forward to, to working with you on finding her a home. So, and I told her when she called, I'm like, I, you're not calling too early. This is great. Let's get started on this now. Let's have a plan. And that way everything's not so last minute. And you know what you need to do? You have your game plan and we're going to get you there. So, Chris, give us your, before we hang up, give us your contact info real quick. If anyone wants to give you a call and get the lowdown on everything to do with mortgages, this guy is just a bastion of knowledge here. How do we call you? Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, the easiest way is my cell phone. Uh, Phone number is 210-416-0796. And, again, that is my cell phone. 210-416-0796. 210-416-0796. Call or text. Happy to visit with you if I can help you. Well, thank you so much. And um, I get, we won't hear from you again until next month because, um, yeah, we've got 
you won't be on next week and I'm, I'm not really sure what's going on week after that I think there might be a station meeting I'm not sure I have to look at my calendar but thanks as always Chris um good to hear from you and we'll talk to you later and stay warm <laughs> stay inside yeah, Monday it's going to be sure. horrible I, I will not be leaving my house yes, Monday it is. at all <laughs> All right. Well, good to hear from you as always. And um, we'll be back with more from our special guest, Rick Henderson, future realtor. You can hear anything you want at KZSM.org. You can hear anything you want at KZSM.org. If you're having a really bad day, Turn it on and you'll get better anyway. You can hear whatever you want. KZSM.org. KZSM.org, that is. We are back. Real Estate 101, streaming live from KZSM.org in the beautiful San Marcos Square. Um, Where's my little thing I need to read? Here we go. So, the opinions expressed on this program are solely of those of your host or of my guest and do not reflect those of KZSM Community Radio or its governing, governing body, SMTXCRA, nor are they those of Coldwell Banker or Coldwell Banker Deanne Harper Realtors. So we are back with my guest, Rick Henderson, recently retired and working on real estate classes, going to become a realtor and a former Coldwell Banker Realtor. Um, I guess right. you're, I you're coming that. back to the dark side. <laughs> uh, by the way, you have a desk fee, right? Yes, I do. And my, it's worth every single penny. My payments were different. My setup was I got 100% of my commission, but had a 900 plus a month fee. Well, if we sell enough, then and it our could, fee will never be that much. It could hurt sometimes. That's a lot. When you'd get a closing that was scheduled for the 26th of a month, and all of a sudden it was scheduled for the 5th of the next month, you were... You were like, you were back in your broker's office asking for a few day extension. <laughs> yeah, it, it was different. Uh, there, there's a lot that's going to be different. There's a lot. You, you feel unready for this? I mean, you've been watching me for, six, and this is one of the reasons why I brought him on. It, it's not just that my guest canceled, which we're going to give her a promo and a shout out here in a middle, in a minute. But um, whenever I have someone on the show i asked them why real estate where are you from where have you been why real estate and this guy was really instrumental in my choosing real estate um <clears throat> excuse me i um my previous my first career um i accidentally landed into large-scale food service management um Pretty much when I was 18, I pissed off my parents and they said, and I was living in, I'm originally from a little town outside of Shreveport, Louisiana, and they did not like the idea of my going to Boston. 
but um, that's how I chose the school is I got into Boston University, University of Chicago, and Johns Hopkins, and Boston University was the farthest away from Shreveport, Louisiana, and I literally wanted to get as far away as I possibly could. So, um, long story short, there's a stroke in the middle. I mean, my, my life is crazy. Like it's, it's stranger than fiction. Um, but anyway, I was, I was 18 and my dad said, we don't, we don't want you up there. We don't approve of this. We need you home. We need to know what you're doing. And I said, I'm 18. You can't make me. And he said, well, you're 18. You can pay your own bills if you choose to stay up there. And I said, okay, fine. I'll get a job. And I did. And then I got another job and another job. And eventually I wound up at the cafe at Barnes & Noble at Boston University. And within two years, I'd worked my way into management. And I was cafe manager at Barnes & Noble at Boston University. And about that time, speaking of snow, um, my car got stuck in a snowbank. Um, we call them, I can't say it on the air, but poop sickles, another name for poop sickles, when the snow plows go by the street and they just rake up all the crap from the street. It's the grossest snow you've ever seen in your life, but it, it melts and refreezes and you cannot get your car out of a poop sickle when it's in a poop sickle. Well, I couldn't, but the meter maids could, and they towed me and that was like 600 bucks. So it was pretty much my last straw. It's like, you know, I'm living in this crappy apartment. I've got friends who pay a third of what I do for luxury living. Why am I here? And so um, I started looking for jobs. I think it was Monster was the big job site then. And I saw one in Austin for University of Texas Division of Housing and Food Service. And I read it and I was like, oh, okay, like I totally qualify for that. And, you know, the pay was a little bit more or a little bit less than what I'd been getting in Boston. But I was like, you know, Austin, that's so much cheaper than Boston. Let's do it. So I put in and I got it. And I ended up um, becoming a mom and I stepped away from my career because the cost of childcare was such that it's like, you know, if we have more than one kid, then one of us is going to be working just to pay childcare. Um, so I stepped back and um, raised children. And then I got to the point where they were all going into school. And I was like, well, I guess I'm done with this. I don't need to be home anymore. And I really didn't want to do food service management anymore. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll go back to school. And so I did. I, I registered for some classes at Texas State. And my very first class um, was at 9 a.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I, I show up, and I'm a non-traditional student, but I'm so excited because, yeah, you know, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to finish that degree in philosophy and English, and then I'm going to go to grad school, and I'm going to teach philosophy. It's going to be so cool. And lo and behold, um, my first professor was just like this genuine asshole. I, I could not stand him. I called him Professor Asshole. And now he sits about a foot from me over here, and we're married. Attendance <laughs> policy. Attendance policy. Oh, uh, uh, he's all bark and no bite. He's not a professor anymore, so I'm not giving you any secrets on that. He's all bark and no bite. But um, that was nine years ago. Like I said, today we went out on our first date, and, you know, I got – got to the last couple of classes before graduation. I was like, you know, 
I don't want to go to grad school. I, I need to be making money, not borrowing it. And he, he knew that I loved real estate and he had been a realtor before. And when I was like, you know, I, I think I'm going to get my real estate license. Like ever since then, this guy has been my biggest cheerleader. And so here we are, flash forward nine years or six years later after I got my real estate license and he finds himself retired and it, it happened a couple years before he thought it would. We thought, okay, we're going to wait, you know, for at least two of the kids to graduate and then he'll retire and then we'll be off on our big adventure. But COVID happened and budgets got slashed and Texas State said, hey, we'll give you a big old chunk of cash to retire early. So here we are. <laughs> And that's that's the short version of how we got here. So. Yeah, my Corvette's getting dirty. <laughs> what are you looking forward to the most? Like, why why are you even? I still don't know. This? I still don't. I'm like a U2 song. I, you, I don't know what I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just want to work with your hot wife. That's all. I I think when it comes to real estate, what when I see you dealing with San Antonio and Seguin and New Braunfels and South Austin and different subdivisions here. And uh, I look out across the vast. Uh, I'm really interested in, in uh, land. I really, I'd really. You're going to be there, the farm and ranch guy, man? And there's so much to understand. There's so much that you have to learn with that. But on the other hand, uh, I have so many people that I know that I don't know that I know because they're former students. And the difference between 2021 and 2011 is there's more and more people that still live here. Yeah. And this has exacerbated no the housing problem because at the same time, more and more people are living here and finding themselves having to rent because of inventory issues some people are having to rent by the bedroom student purpose housing and they are no longer a student so uh, selena and i on this 10th of february are two people that are ardently against any more continued by the purpose uh student housing well, uh, I usually it should be more market show, driven go for it dude it should be more market driven. That's, you know, and we're also in a, a unique, uh, we have a unique perspective here because we are, we are two people staring down the barrel of an empty nest and we have one going to college this year. And the one thing I have, I, I just feel like I'm repeating myself over and over like a broken record, but that's because I, I hope that maybe something clicks like, please God, do not don't finance luxury student living. Please live in a crap hole. I'll help you for rent with a crap hole, but you go and you, you know, want to spend $1,000 a month on luxury student living. Well, guess what? First of all, when you graduate, you ain't going to be able to afford granite countertops and tiled showers. Like we're looking at laminate and fiberglass, honey. <laughs> like, be realistic. Like don't set your expectations too high and don't, don't, finance anything you don't have to 
student loans are going to be enough as they are. And we, we got the first financial aid packet. And I mean, thank God she's pretty covered on that. We're, we're looking at $1,000 a year plus housing. And so that that's the thing that could make her break her because we're, we're not financing her housing for her. She can get a job or if she wants an apartment, we'll pay for a dorm if that's what she wants. And we're encouraging the dorm. Um, but just, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't usually allow political discussion on this show, but I think that's something that we both feel very strongly about and are, are okay sticking our necks out and saying, you know, this is just not fair for anyone. It artificially inflates the rent prices of not just apartments, but homes too, because, I mean, we have houses in our neighborhood. We we moved, bought a big five-bedroom house because we have three kids and they're teenagers now and just we need our own space. But people are renting out those homes in our neighborhood for over $2,500 a month, more like $2,750. And we'll, we'll drive home some nights and some of these models and we, we know it's our same house because it looks like our house. And so we know where the rooms are and we're looking up. And we're like, that's the upstairs living room. There's at least two sets of bunk beds up there, dude. Like this, this is a, and then then we've got to deal with with all the cars on the street. And yes, you're you're not supposed to legally be able to do that, but you know, good luck enforcing it. Um, it's just, I, I mean, I I feel very strongly that that is the biggest issue to affordability in our town is that rent by the bedroom. It's just got to go. It's not fair for anyone. It's driving up rates and it makes, and it's predatory. You've got little 18 year olds, you know, taking out $20,000 in loan. You know, take, for example, my daughter, like I said, her student aid package leaves her with a thousand dollars in her own responsibility plus room and board. Well, there, she could go take out a loan for over $20,000 right now and put that all into an apartment. And that's what we see students doing in San Marcos because that's what they feel like they have to do because there is nothing else. And that's not okay. It's it's not okay it, on, on many grounds from expense to um, why, why are you financing that much? at 18 to, you know, it, this is unrealistic expectations for actual adulthood. Um, you're not, your first house is not going to look like those luxury apartments that you see popping up on your ads on Facebook. Like, that's just not realistic. Um, and I see that with millennial buyers. Like, I know the ones who have been renting those luxury apartments because I'll show them what's in their budget and they're turning their nose up at it. And I'm like, dude, it's, you can go to Ikea and get you some quartz countertops for like $50 a square foot. Like it's a couple thousand dollars. It, you're just, you, you've got to get over that. It, it's all got to be new and luxury and shiny. And that's your opportunity to put your equity in an investment, you know, buy something. And you know what? There is nothing easier to clean than laminate countertops and fiberglass showers and linoleum flooring. I think those things should come back in. That's why I love that Erin on Hometown on HGTV because she'll go put laminate countertops and linoleum floors. And I'm like, yes, honey, save a buck. It's still cute. So we're, um, we're just about the end of the show. Do we need to take another station break or... 
I can tell you one 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 thing that as uh, we're on our soapbox tonight, we probably shouldn't do this uh, again. I'm gonna get Jordan in trouble. He's gonna hate me. (laughs) As we have, uh, why is this politics? But go on. As we have uh, COVID insecurity, this is the time of year when all the apartment complexes and all the management companies behind them start marketing one-year leases for their apartment complexes. So you have parents and students, as we reach May graduations and May decision time, am I going to sign a year lease in August that ends the following July? And there's going to be some hard decisions that are going to have to be made if there is a chance that you could literally learn, we could have distance learning through Zoom. Yeah. So what I'm wondering to myself is, even though you and I both hate by the bedroom student purpose, is where we are with COVID and having to make a decision to sign a year lease from August to July under these certain circumstances, might this drive more competition? At least, I hope, it'll drive away any more building yeah. of, of by, by the bedroom. But uh, it still seems that COVID is going to be the biggest, the biggest determinant on whether parents and students are willing to sign year-long leases yeah. uh, in advance come uh, April and May. Yeah. I mean, COVID, that that has been the one factor that has just blown this entire year. And like I said, I'm not complaining because I'm also the busiest I've ever been in my career. I have more clients right now than I had in my busiest year, year before. And this is still the first quarter. Um, I'm not complaining. But Parents, buy your kid all, a home and don't send those all due to co- Well, we've talked about that. Uh-huh. I, was like, I told him at one point, I was like, if y'all all stay in San Marcos, I'll buy you a condo because <laughs> that's that's cheaper i mean it's cheaper and we have um the kids across in our in our neighborhood we have a set of triplets who live across from us and it's two sets well one is triplets i don't know about the other but um yeah you got three kids in college at the same time it's it's cheaper to buy a house than it is to pay for freaking luxury student living so um it's eight o'clock so we need to shut up now we're gonna outro let's do some fly leaf for outro and we will see you back next week um my guest will be ramika adams um she is a realtor with the dameron group realtors but she's also very involved in the community and we're gonna be talking about some really cool ideas so um next week you for sure want to tune in because it's going to be fun and it's going to be interesting and we're ready to get the community pumped on what we want to do so see you next week until then be safe um mask up have fun